This is Sports Talk with Jack Wilson on News Talk 770, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. So I'm walking through the convention center in Toronto for the 104th Grey Cup Championship. And who do I run into? Representing not only the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, but Box Canada, the one, the only, Randy Chevrier. Hey, Randy, how you doing tonight? Jock, how are you doing, man? I am excellent, thank you very much. Hey, before we go any further, uh, obviously as a member of the Riders, did, did you know Joe McKnight at all? Yeah, you know, um, I didn't know him super well, to tell you the truth. I only got there with three games left in the season, but, um, you know, I had an opportunity to break bread with him at lunch one day. Um, we sat in the hot tub and had some uh, talked some NFL stories one day, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty uh, heart wrenching, uh, yeah. you know, especially to know that you were kind of sitting with a guy a few few weeks ago, and then next thing you know, you hear of this uh, super super tragic event. And I'll tell you, he was he he really had a good personality. He was just such a laid back, chill guy. Um, you know, I, I've seen all types come through the locker room. You know, guys that. Uh, you know, a big chip on their shoulder, uh, just not not happy to be here. And he was just, he was kind of the opposite of that. He was, he had a real, uh, real just like a calm demeanor. And, and uh, it almost seemed like, you know, just one of these happy souls, you know. And uh, uh, yeah, it, it was, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm still kind of shocked about the circumstances and, and everything going on down there with that, uh, oh. with what's going on. You know, very sad for the CFL this year because it was a great year. There, there were so many positives, but then you know what happened here in Calgary with Mylon Hicks and then Joe McKnight. Yeah. Uh, it's it, it's really quite sad. And uh, you know, I know gun violence is a, is a to- totally different topic. I, I didn't bring you on to talk about gun violence, but it, it is mind boggling what this world is coming to sometimes. Yeah, no, I know. I don't know. I'm not an expert on uh, justice, but uh, <laughs> yeah. you try and uh, be an expert on what's uh, what's right and wrong because you know people's lives are uh, are at stake, and uh, you know you just you just wish people would use common sense. And it, it seems like yeah, I mean, it seems these days that uh, that's gone out the window oh, for sure. So that's crazy. Uh, yeah, feel feel for his family. Um, I know uh, actually through me, someone was in contact with uh, Renee Hill, which is Mylon Hicks' mom, and and she uh, made a real honorable gesture. She's reaching out to Joe's family, so um, hopefully helping them through uh, maybe what she went through a few months earlier. So uh, I don't know if you can find positives in something like this, but uh, you are seeing, you know, I I at least get to see the good in in, in some people and and the kind acts that they're doing. So there's that side of it too. And uh, yeah, hopefully maybe we can learn from this we don't have to hear too many more stories about this. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. True <laughs> enough. Uh, Randy Chevrier of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. After you saw what Ottawa, what Ottawa did and Henry Burris at 41, you're a spring chicken at 40. You're young compared to Henry Burris. Heck, you still got game, my friend. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, Hank, uh, <laughs> Hank put one on for the ages for sure. And, uh, uh, yeah, you know, uh, uh, there's a couple of guys playing pro sports uh, these days. I like to think that I'm included in that category that uh, – that show that we defy some of what the metrics are about age and performance. Uh, you know, I'm not a quarterback, uh, you know, but what I do, I know I do very well. And, you know, you look at Hank, what he does, he does very well. You look at across sports, you know, you look at Yager still getting it done in Florida and, and all these guys. And every time I see an old guy get it done, uh, uh, I think, you know what, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's one for us representing out there. Hey, no doubt about that. I, I, I mentioned, you know, I ran into you at the convention center. You were there for Box Canada and yep. we, we both chatted and, and, and I'll share the story now. We both said, hey, if the Stampeders play their game, they're going to win this game easily. It didn't turn out that way. And you, know, you got to give Ottawa 
a lot of credit, but I, I'm still shocked at the way the Calgary Stampeders played in the first half. When you when you look back at Great Cup 104, hey, it was a great game, very entertaining game. Uh, obviously not the result the Calgary Stampeders uh, want, wanted, but are you still a little surprised yourself? I, I am. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I mean, uh, I was yeah, I was one of the ones that said, uh, without a doubt, you yeah. know, like uh, I was asked, you know, uh, you know, who's your quarterback, Bo Levi or Henry Burris? And without even skipping a beat, I said Bo mm-hmm. uh, for what he does. To like, you know, I, I, and I was one of those people uh, th- that that was in that boat. And, uh, uh, you know, but I, I do think if you re- recall our conversation at the end of it, I said that I sat on a panel uh, in, uh, on TSN in 2001 when uh, the St. Louis Rams were playing the New England Patriots uh, in, 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 uh, in the Super Bowl. And on paper, the St. Louis Rams, they were the greatest show on turf at the time. I right. mean, it was Kurt Warner, Isaac Bruce, um, Marshall Falk. Like, it was an unbelievable team versus this, you know, sixth-round draft pick quarterback, rookie quarterback, uh, with the Patriots, and you know, next thing you know, we find Tom Brady, and we kind of joke that. Well, well you, no, that, that's no. a true story because you did tell me this story. Yeah, and and we all, and then we left it saying, "Well, Hank's no 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 young Tom Brady, right?" Like we, but you know, still in in that, it, it just looked like uh, the Ottawa um, Red Blacks were up against some insurmountable odds, but they came out of the gates fired up. The Stamps really kind of. Uh, uh, you know, they stumbled out of the gates, let's, let's be honest. And, uh, you know, although they had an opportunity to recover, you know, Ottawa did just enough to make sure that they came out on top. And, you know, if you look back now, uh, it'd be easy to say that, you know, if any team was uh, going to have an opportunity to beat the Stamps, it would have been the Red Blacks. I mean, they that tie game that they had early on in the season in Calgary, I mean, really it was um, – Ottawa was going to win that game if it hadn't been for Alex Singleton stripping that fumble, and then the Stamps came all the way back to tie it. So, you know, if you look back at that game in the history there, you say, you know what, it didn't matter the records. When it was one-on-one, uh, you know, Calgary looked, or Ottawa looked pretty good against them, even though Calgary took the next one. But, um, yeah, I, 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 I am shocked. I'm not going to say – I'm not trying to justify Ottawa's win because I, I, I'm kind of shocked that it, it turned out that way. I was in the stands, and I – I really couldn't believe it. I'll say this. You know, the, the Great Cup week had its moments, and unfortunately some of the festivals, uh, you know, weren't fantastic. But it's always last impression. And I was at the stadium. I thought BMO Field looked great. The fans were into it. The game was outstanding. And, and that's a good way for the CFL season to come to an end because if the game would have been a dud, it, it might, you know, no one would have been talking about Great Cup 104 in Toronto. Oh, for sure. And that's the thing. Like, I feel for all the guys in the Stamps locker room. Obviously, I know a lot of guys, and I spent 11 years there. But, you know, at this point, I was I was rooting for a really good game. You know, um, I'm a big CFL fan, and I realized in order for a CFL to do well, it has to be entertaining. And uh, that game, regardless of how the result went, was probably one of the most entertaining football games that I've seen in a long time. And for a championship game... Uh, you couldn't beat that. You could not beat that that drama. I mean, uh, you know, Ottawa takes the lead. They're the underdog. The quarterback's limping around. And, you know, Calgary decides to wake up in the second half. They make a game of it. It's right to the end, onside kick. And the next thing you go to overtime. And, uh, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't think of a better 
uh, a better way to uh, cap a season off than a game like that, for sure. Yeah. You know, it, it was a really entertaining year in the Canadian Football League. There were a lot of positives. The NHL general managers, sorry, the CFL general managers are meeting this week in Winnipeg. So the presidents and general managers, and, you know, will there be some tweaks? Will there be some recommendations for the rules committees? One of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on tonight, Randy, you know, you're a yep. player, you've played in this league. If, if you were commissioner for the day in the Canadian Football League, uh, what do you like about the game right now? What changes would you make? Um, I like the excitement in the game. Um, I think uh, I think there's there's. Uh, I mean, our product is great. I think our product is fantastic. I think, uh, gosh, that's a great question. I think as far as the game, uh, because of where we sit with uh, concussions and how we err on the side of caution and, and player injury management, I try to expand the rosters mm-hmm. because guys are coming out of the game faster. Um, you know, now you have injury spotters that will pull a guy out of the game. And the reason why I would expand the rosters is because if you go into the week planning on having, let's say, uh, a certain number of guys starting and a certain number of guys playing special teams, and then one of your starters or one guy goes down, everyone sort of has to fill in that space. And uh, I think, um, you know, I, I, I just think that, you know, if, if they have that, uh, let's say, a 46-man roster, even let's say we go to a 50-guy 50, 50 squad, I mm-hmm. think if you wind up, like, let's say a guy gets hurt in a game and he has to be pulled out, I believe you should have the right to activate a guy off the sidelines, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, something in, in that nature where you just keep the number of bodies in a game consistent. Right. That way... Um, you're less likely to get more guys injured. Well, it's it's a great point, Randy, because one of my pet peeves in this league is you have a 44-man roster. Actually, it's a 46, but only 44, you know, play, and you got these two guys that are getting paid, but they can't play, and I'm going, that makes no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah, I'd rather have those guys do the warm-up with the team. Mm -hmm. I'd rather have two other guys like that do the warm-up with the team. Uh, They can't touch the game field unless you you, you lose a guy that's injured. That way you get covered, like... You know, you, you get an extra lineman uh, because we've seen how, how, how it can affect guys if you lose if you lose a lineman. Now you're dressing defensive linemen. And Stan Peters has gone away with that two years and been very lucky with guys like Quinn Smith and Junior Turner. But, you know, you don't want to rely upon a guy that has no clue how to block the quarterback blocking for your quarterback because then you could lose him, right? right. Like, so I think there's a trickle-down effect when you have injuries, and especially now – especially with the concussions, how we err on the side of taking a guy out of a game. I'm okay with that, but let's not put it, let's not hang everyone else out to dry. Let's figure out a way that it makes it easy for teams to plug and play guys. So you keep the number of guys consistent. That way there's not more guys getting hurt. That's, that's kind of something I've always thought about as far as the, the rules and the gameplay. Uh, if I'm the commissioner, I'm saying, guys, we got to figure out how to, how to clean up the, the challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I watched the games for, for most of the season. I was, I spent it as a fan, and uh, I grew quite frustrated with the amount of time it took um, to get through the challenges sometimes, you know, how it affected the game. You know, listen, uh, I hate a bad referee call more than anything, you know, uh, or just as much as anyone else. But you know what? That was always considered part of the game. But now we live in this, this world of instant gratification where everyone is an expert. You know, something happens in the world, everyone has an opinion, and everyone thinks they're right about it. And you know what? If you just leave it that it's a judgment call on the field, I don't care how many times you replay it on SportsCenter, if there's no question about the referee's judgment and and his judgment on the field is final, you can never say he shoulda, coulda, woulda. Because now we're in the situation where these calls are reversible, 
and now and they're not being reversed when everyone thinks it clearly should be, and that opens even more uh, room for question because now we have a system in place. Uh, to, to review these calls, and yet we're still getting it wrong. Well, you're, you're bang on because you know what? We're, we're, we're reviewing too many things, and I, I get the yeah. analogy you want to get it right, but it drives me nuts. You know, if it directly is a result of the play and it's pass interference on, you know, the, the receiver that's, uh, you know, that's being interfered with, I'm okay with that. But it's, when it's on the other side of the field, has no direct impact on the play, those are the kind of calls that I think you got to get out of there because I'm sorry, that's not where the quarterback was going. Uh, I don't care if there was contact five yards, 10 yards, 20 yards down the field if it's on the other side of the field. It just I, th- Those are the kind of plays that I just, just drive me nuts as a fan. Yeah, I know, for sure. And and, and it's affected the flow of the game because yeah. then you gotta, they got to find uh, uh, what was – yeah, it just – This becomes what, another timeout for coaches too in a lot of cases. Yeah, exactly, you know? and it's yeah. become part of the gamesmanship of it all. Exactly. So, you know, I would, I would definitely um, – uh, you know, fix that up. The things I do like, you know, what I'm going to tell you some of the things I do like. That sure. the CFL hasn't touched the kickoff, you know, and and every time I watch an NFL game on Sunday, I mm-hmm. think what a pointless, redundant waste of time that is for them to kick off from where they kick off, and all it is is a guy kicks the ball and then they go to yeah. commercials. So we're doing it right. I yeah. believe we're doing it right. You know what? Guys are going to get hurt playing football. You yeah. can't eliminate injuries. Well, you, you know what's do. funny about that, Randy, is, is some NFL coach like Bill Belichick, he won't cook kicking in the end zone anymore. He, he tells because he feels he can get better field position with his special teams downfield, so he doesn't want to kick his, his kicker to kick it deep anymore. So exactly. coaches are going that route, so I think you make a great point. Yeah, so I think we're doing a lot of things right. Um, you know, I love the game. I love the way it's played. Uh, you're seeing some really good stuff. Uh, you know, there has to be a way that uh, teams uh, uh, can develop quarterbacks a little better. I don't know what it is or or, or, or how it can happen, but there definitely uh, has to be some sort of way that we can get more quarterbacks. Cause you, you see the teams that don't have quarterbacks suffer, and uh, you want all the teams competitive, right? As much as we love the run that the Stamps went on, uh, we want to see every team competitive because that makes the games more compelling, right? Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting offseason in the Canadian Football League. Randy Chevrier is our special guest here, a member of the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders, former Calgary uh, Stampeders. Uh, potentially, and I say potentially because some of these guys are going to get signed, but there could be like 250 uh, free agents. You're, you're one of them. Um, what, what is your status? Are, are you not going to retire? You're not, you're not going to file your retirement papers, I don't think, Randy. Well, you know what, Jock? Since I signed with the Riders about six or seven week ago, weeks ago, I think I've been home uh, for one weekend. Is that of all right? These week- yeah, I haven't been home for a long time. <laughs> That's you know, tough. I, That's I tough. So I haven't really had a chance to uh, to think about that. You know, I did my stint with the Riders. I was at uh, uh, doing some work, uh, traveling around for anti-bullying, domestic violence. I was in Toronto for for box for my job with Reebok and. Uh, yeah, and I'm on, I'm in Montreal now for some anti-bullying, so I haven't really had a chance to think about it. Um, I'm going to school next three weeks for my emergency medical responder course as I prepare for the fire department, so <laughs> I'm quite busy. I've got to figure out Christmases in between there. So when the new year comes in and uh, my schedule settles down a little bit, I'll think about it. You know, I'm under no illusions that the Rough Riders would bring me back. Uh, they have a pretty good... Uh, young long snapper Jorgen Hoos, who is recovering from uh, a wrist uh, injury, and uh, I mean, I haven't heard otherwise. Uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't believe that I'll be back with the uh, with the green and white in the in the in the spring. But you never know, and and I have to make the, some decisions for myself. Uh, I loved playing with the Riders; it was a fantastic experience. Uh, it was a neat opportunity to do something that I never thought would happen. 
at the same time, it put quite a strain on my family to be traveling yeah. back and forth. And I know that, you know, unless I was playing with the Stampeders like I was the last 11 years, I wouldn't be bringing my family anywhere I go. Calgary's home for us. It's home for my wife. It's home for my boys. We have more life there than than anywhere else. So, you know, um, uh, you know, all signs point to me not playing football next year. But again, would I go even if I get that call late in the season? At this point, I have to evaluate that when I actually have a a minute to do so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, one more thing uh, before I let you go, if you don't mind, because uh, I know you got a couple of uh, football camps coming up uh, with your football academy, and uh, you know, happening in December, I believe. So, uh, a plug for your football camps. What's happening there? Oh, thanks, Chuck. I appreciate that. So, as everyone knows, uh, or hopefully they know, that uh, uh, some uh, really good football minds, uh, myself, and including uh, especially our, uh, our, uh, we'll call him our chief, as uh, Tom Higgins. Everyone knows that name. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started the Canadian Football Academy last summer. We ran uh, a full summer camp, and uh, of our, uh, I guess, uh, grade twelve university eligible kids, uh, we had thirty of them in our camp, and ten of them signed with CIS teams. Uh, this winter, what we're doing uh, in December, we're having a combine uh, at Winsport on the 17th of December to help kids learn, do all the same type of tests that they're doing, uh, um, you know, when you when you test for the pros. And it's it's designed for grade 11 kids, kids going into grade 12. Uh, it's going to, you know, show them the exercises that they would do, that the evaluation type tools, but we're also going to leave them with some a takeaway plan, a strength and conditioning uh, program, and that'll give them uh, a, a, an idea how to set goals. Then after that, um, in, in December, on the 29th of December, we're actually having up in the northeast at the Genesis Center, um, it's a fundamental skills camp for Bantam, uh, Bantam age kids and high school age kids, basically 13 to 17. And we're really trying to target uh, that population uh, that doesn't really have exposure to Canada up in the Northeast and some of the schools there, there's a lot of kids that are new to Canada. Uh, and just like, you know, when my parents were new to Canada from Italy, uh, you know, uh, resources weren't always available to play some of the higher profile sports like hockey. And that, you know, a lot of kids growing up in my neighborhood got into football. Uh, and we think that football is a fantastic sport for kids uh, trying to fit in, trying to find some sort of identity. And so many times I've heard the story of a guy, you know, that really didn't feel like he fit in, in outside of the walls of school. But the minute he got into the football team, uh, you know, he did. He just fit in perfectly. And, uh, and so we're having this fundamental skills camp to introduce some of these kids from all over the world uh, to football. Um, it's also open to kids that may have played a year or two of football and really just kind of touch on the, the basics, and we're doing that at the Genesis Center. Perfect. Now, no, doing, yeah, sorry, yeah, if, sorry if, people, if people want more information, where do they go? Yeah, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, we are at www.canadianfootballacademy.ca. Okay. Uh, the information on all our camps are there. Uh, like I said, there's two up in the Genesis Center, and then we're partnering with Winsport for our combine. Nice. And uh, and in this, and I guess in in January we're starting our actual football academy at Winsport, which uh, we'll announce that soon. It's going to be pretty neat. Wow, you're a busy man, my friend. Uh, really appreciate. Never I, I, I never <laughs> stops. Right here, I think you're home in Montreal right now. So uh, go figure. Get home and see your family for goodness sakes. If I don't talk yeah. to you before Christmas, have a very merry Christmas. Thanks so much for your time this year. Jock, thanks so much, and uh, again, always a pleasure being on with you. All right, uh, Randy Chevrier, talking football. Love talking football here on the home of the Calgary Stampeders. A little overlaying segment there. We got to take a break. This is News Talk Seven Seventy. Sports Talk with Jock, weekdays from six thirty to eight p.m. on News Talk Seven Seventy Calgary, CHQR.